Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Lab coat tyrant Fauci strikes again. The weekend, the media's sweetheart warned the country is heading in the wrong direction. He's changing his narrative yet again. Fauci claimed everyone should be required to wear a mask regardless of their vaccination status, or at least he's suggesting they should consider it long and hard. Folks, I've been saying this for 18 months. They do not want to give back the power they have taken over us. So what's next? We'll break it all down in tonight's Hold the Line. Do you think... Masks yeah. should be brought back for vaccinated Americans. You know, Jake, this is under active consideration. If you're asking, am I part of, I part of the discussion? Yes, I am. You're in a situation where we're having a lot of dynamics of infection. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. That's a local decision that's not incompatible with the CDC's overall recommendations. Hmm. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. So now the CDC recommendations that vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, it doesn't really count because if you're worried and you want everyone to be panicked and freaked out all the time, you tell them, well, even if you are in fact vaccinated, you, you should probably consider wearing a mask. Whatever happened to the vaccine is the end. I, I thought that was the whole point of this, right? You get the shot, you're done. That's what they told us. That's how they convinced so many people to do it. You get the shot and you finally get to have your life back. You'll remember they were very slow in the early stages of the mass vaccination campaign to give people any rights and freedoms back. They wanted to wait till everyone got the shot. Here's the problem with that. That's not going to happen. If COVID zero, as in no COVID of any kind spreading in society, if that is the goal, we are going to be dealing with these different restrictions and lockdowns and mandates forever. That's the situation as it unfolds before us. And even if we were to do everything that the Fauciites have said at this point, you'd be forced to ask questions like, so once I get the shot, I'm done, right? Done forever? Well, no, they say maybe you have to mask up, but at least you're done with the shots, aren't you? Well, maybe not. You might need booster shots. The data that's evolving from Israel and from Pfizer indicates that it looks like there might be some diminution in protection. And when you have that, the most vulnerable people are the ones that you were talking about a moment ago, namely people who have suppressed immune system, those 
who are transplant patients, cancer chemotherapy, autoimmune diseases that are on immunosuppressive regimens, those are the kind of individuals that if there's going to be a third boost, which might likely happen, will be among first the vulnerable. And the ACIP, which met on July 22nd, they discussed that in some detail and continue to look at the data that might push us in that direction. First, the vulnerable, he said. You'll, you'll notice that that was the approach. First, the vulnerable. It's not that that's the only people who would perhaps get the booster shot. Now, why is that? There are multiple possibilities here. There is the chance that the Delta variant, which has become so prominent in this country, is just so much more transmissible and more difficult for the vaccine to be protective against. That's possible. It's also possible that vaccine efficacy wears out pretty quickly. Six months, eight months, something along those lines, which would mean that even for those who are at high risk, who got the vaccine early on, they may need those boosters. There you had Fauci himself talking about this. But these nuances and these layers of the discussion around what we do to get back to normal, right? We have this fight now between normal life and the zero COVID chorus. Even these discussions, it seems, have to be infused with politics all the time. And, and right now, the primary political goal of so many of these discussions is find a way to make this about Republicans, Trump supporters, MAGA hat wearers. They're the reason there's still a pandemic, they want you to know. Fauci dances around this a little bit, but he's basically saying, yeah, we got to start blaming them. Well, I'm very frustrated. I, I, I generally don't like to get involved in, in, in blaming people because I think that would maybe push them back even more. What I would really like to see is more and more of the leaders in those areas that are not vaccinating to get out and speak out and encourage people to get vaccinated. He uh, doesn't want to blame people, but maybe blaming people will be helpful here. Who are they going to blame? As you know, it's the right who is to blame for COVID now. It's been the right's fault all along somehow, at least in the mind of deranged Fauciites running around. They don't pay attention to the data in places like New York City, where the most under-vaccinated uh, population by demographic is the African-American population of New York City. Under-vaccination is a big problem there. You don't hear much about that on CNN, though, do you? You certainly don't hear any blaming of the black community, but you hear a lot of blaming of conservatives, of Republicans, of white male Trump supporters. That seems to be the primary, uh, the, the primary message that CNN and a lot of people out there on the left want to be uh, putting out there on a daily basis. And then, of course, blaming Fox News, another place where you can expect that they're going to turn their ire. Here's a professional Fox News hater at CNN who's just taking cheap shots, of course. Well, I think about Brian when I see that clip where he says, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not telling you what to do, is where was this sort of thinking uh, back when Fox was promoting hydroxychloroquine every 15 seconds? You know, uh, we know that the vaccines are safe, effective. Uh, they were developed under the Trump administration. Uh, and yet you see this sort of, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't recommend you actually get one. Do your research. Uh, you know, it's, it's not very, he's not very enthusiastically promoting uh, vaccines there. And I just wish that Fox would promote vaccines as much as they did uh, these other miracle drugs that, uh, under the Trump administration. 
I, I don't remember that there was a miracle drug push under the Trump administration. I remember people asking questions about whether hydroxychloroquine, when we had no therapeutics and very little data, would be effective. I also noticed that at uh, CNN, they don't spend a lot of time making fun of the idiocy of we need a million ventilators, which was said by Governor Cuomo, among many others, that we need to make sure that we have ventilators ready for the overflowing hospitals all across the country, which also never happened. You know, there was the first six months, three months, let's say, uh, three to six months of the pandemic, and then there was what we've seen over the last year. And if you're looking at who's been right and who has been wrong, it is those who have been willing to question the Fauciite consensus, who more often than not have been proven to be correct by events. But the real, the real point of all this is to find people to blame. More CNN, Don Lemon saying just that. I've heard over the last couple of days that, you know, you shouldn't be, um, uh, you don't say bad things about people who don't get the vaccine because then they'll feel like you're attacking them or whatever. But I, Michael, how much more, we, we, you gotta call it what it is. If, if, if behavior is idiotic and nonsensical, I think that you need to tell people that their behavior is idiotic and nonsensical. Doesn't mean that they are idiots. It's just that their behavior in the, on, on this particular point that is not making sense. So I, I don't understand what has taken people so long and how many people have to die for adults, for adults. To, uh, and why are adults believing people on the internet instead of science and experts? Why not just believe Don Lemon, right? Guy really has a lot to offer. It's amazing that this is what it's turned into, but I guess it's not surprising uh, because this has been politicized from the very beginning. Why are people at CNN, why are leftists and Democrats so concerned about those who are choosing not to get vaccinated if the very leftists who are making these complaints are themselves vaccinated? Shouldn't really be their problem, right? But no, the constant haranguing, harassing, and nagging will continue because this is about compliance and control more than anything else. America's crime crisis is also getting worse by the day with another violent weekend in major cities across the country. We'll break down the latest crime numbers and what the public thinks about the current direction of the country. First, I wanna tell you about the newest sponsor here on Hold The Line, My Digital Money. Everyone wants to invest in cryptocurrencies, but it's not that easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy to use self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service, one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that'll answer your phone calls and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure your gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money, and with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies out there, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at mydigitalmoney.com. That's mydigitalmoney.com. We'll be right back. President Biden's crime crisis is unfolding in broad daylight, day in and day out, as violence continues to surge in major cities across the country throughout 2021. This is a growing number of Americans say that the country is moving in the wrong direction. We'll break it all down in the Buck Brief.
the first obligation of the state. The first thing you think about that the government's supposed to do for its people, right? Provide safety, provide security. That's step one. The government can't do that. Taxes and all that other stuff starts to feel like, what exactly is the, pur is the point, is the purpose of all this? Well, that's why when you have all these videos going viral across the country of brazen, broad daylight criminality and often vicious criminality at that, Americans are noticing, they're seeing what's going on. This was, and just, uh, just to give you a warning here, it's, well, you're seeing it, it's vicious, it's nasty. It's a beating in broad daylight that a person received in Brooklyn on a sidewalk, just, just pummeling this person, stealing from this person, uh, and you know, throwing around their body after they've already uh, become unconscious. I mean, it's just horrifying. And yet this is becoming more normal in some ways in many cities because it happens so frequently that people are getting desensitized to it. We see this and we say, this seems to be happening in so many places. There must be something going on here. There's a change. Those who seek to prey upon others and break the law do not feel like they are the ones that have to be on defense. Quite the opposite. They feel ascended. I mean, here's the New York City Detectives Endowment Association putting out a statement. These are NYC streets. What used to be the safest big city sent back to the days of high crime due to failed laws that allow no consequences and embolden criminals. Politicians in Albany and City Hall need to step up now to fix their mistakes and keep New Yorkers safe. You see, there's a whole series of decisions, a whole series of choices here. And again, this, is the, this went viral because it's just such a such a, a vicious beating, and I'm sure when they find the individual conducting this uh, violent assault, they'll find out that he has a long rap sheet, a lot of arrests, a lot of uh, criminality in his past, and so that will make people ask the question that we've been forced to ask so many times, why weren't there more serious consequences in the past? I mean, we're talking about violent criminal acts here, not, you know, parking tickets that didn't get paid that, you know, could happen to anybody. We're talking about real career criminal stuff. And yet, if you look at the decisions that have been made, whether it's releasing people right away, no cash bail, uh, charging lesser offenses, not even enforcing certain offenses, from the district attorneys, the mayor's office, to the district attorneys, all the way on down to the orders given to the rank and file uh, police departments of major cities, we are increasingly seeing a siding with lawlessness. And it is reckless and wrong. And we see the consequences of this. And Americans are seeing it at a national level, too. A majority of Americans are now pessimistic about the direction of the country. 45% optimistic, 55% pessimistic. That's a 20% shift, 20% shift uh, from what it was late in late April. So the longer uh, we see a Biden regime underway here, the more we actually experience what it is to have Democrats in power and making these kinds of decisions, the more clear it becomes to everybody that they're not good at this governance thing. That the defund the police movement, which let's all remember, came from Democrats who had decided that they were going to pander to the left-wing activist base and also to pander to minority communities across the country in an election year. The defund the police movement was something that had catastrophic results and we were all very aware of that as the reality. We, we all knew that that was going to happen, right? There was no way defund the police wasn't going to result in more people shot, more people attacked, 
on America's streets. And yet we had to suffer through those consequences because Democrats saw political advantage in propagating a lie. And now here's a really interesting uh, numbers also from over the weekend. This was a USA Today poll of Detroit residents. Now Detroit is a city that is about 80% African-American and 73% feel safer with more police officers on the job. 65% oppose the slogan defund the police. 19% say public safety is the biggest issue. So, I mean, Detroit residents by clear numbers here are concerned about and actually supportive of law enforcement. Why is it that you don't hear that more frequently? Well, because here's the reality. A lot of the left-wing activists and the Democrat media pundits and talking heads out there who have been giving a lot of lip service to the defund the police movement, they don't suffer the consequences. They don't live in high crime neighborhoods. They don't have to deal with the fact that there will be increases in shootings in areas where they spend time, whether it's shopping or sending their kids to school or just walking around a public park. And it's more important to a large set in this country of lifestyle liberals, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer voters, uh, people that are tied in the Democrat power apparatus and think of themselves as better people because of the way that they vote, a lot of them are much more concerned with whether or not their peer group thinks well of them for the posting of hashtag BLM online or for the posting of pronouns or social justice slogans or whatever it may be, that is their primary goal. Their, their interest is in fact not in increasing safety in any context in minority uh, predominant communities. No, they'd much rather have the virtue signaling hit of serotonin that they get online or by going on TV and spouting off about how bad police are. Now, Republicans shouldn't play into this either because there are Republicans out there who will say, well, maybe we should meet them, the Democrats, halfway with some kind of a police reform bill. We don't need a police reform bill. What we need is more police. What we need are law enforcement officers to feel as though they are supported in their jobs, as they're, they're supported in that primary mission of defending and protecting those of us in our day-to-day -day lives in America who are trying to just do what we do without the fear of being the victims of violent crimes, unnecessarily large and looming in all of our minds. But this is what happens in a Democrat administration and in a, with a regime, both a media and a political regime, that was willing to play along with vicious and obviously untrue lies about law enforcement in order to support a narrative that was useful to them in 2020 to defeat Donald Trump. And we're still dealing with the aftermath of that. We're still seeing the consequences of that phenomenon play out in ways that uh, tragically have cost thousands of Americans their lives and disproportionately those who have lost their lives or who have been grievously wounded in all of this are in fact minorities in America's major cities. It's time to turn this madness around and shut down the bad ideas that come from Democrats when it comes to law enforcement that involve a lot of suffering and the relearning of painful lessons that everybody should already know, we don't need to go through them again. Our Democrat Alderman Raymond Lopez of Chicago's 15th Ward is gonna join us next to shine light on the nonstop violence, the surging violence in his city and what leadership there needs to do to actually make the, uh, make the streets safe again.
But I wanna take a moment to talk to you about my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. If you've ever thought about investing in real estate, I want you to take me up on this recommendation right now. Visit doneforyoubuck.com where you can learn more about my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. If you haven't checked them out yet, let me make this easy for you. These guys have found a way to make real estate investing straightforward and their system flat out works. I know because I'm using it. It allows everyday hardworking Americans like you and me to finally own investment real estate without all the risk and difficulty of doing it on your own. I can't tell you in strong enough terms during the 60 second commercial how important it is you check these guys out. So how about this? If you visit doneforyoubuck.com, at the top of the page is a podcast interview I did with Done For Your Real Estate, where you can hear my personal experience with their company in my own words. I'll tell you about it in detail, from picking the city, the house, getting the broker, the loan, even getting a tenant in place, so I get cash flow coming to me every month. Visit doneforyoubuck.com, listen to the podcast interview I did, and give my friends a chance to show you what they can do for you at Done For Your Real Estate. We'll be right back with more Hold The Line. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another tough weekend in the city of Chicago. Gun violence continues to surge, and this is what the mayor has to say. Uh, Take a look. I want you to know that we are doing absolutely everything that we can to stem the violence. We must continue to urge our young people to put down the guns. We have to love them, and tonight and today is about love. I promise you that I see you, that I hear you, and that I feel you. You will never be lost to me. Remember when the term thoughts and prayers triggered the left, but now it's only okay when Democrats apparently offer their thoughts and prayers. Look, over the weekend we saw another spike in uh, shootings. A man was shot and killed as he stood in Chicago in front of a 24-hour convenience store Saturday evening on a busy street in Chatham on the south side. On Saturday, a teenage boy was killed, another seriously wounded in a shooting in Englewood on the south side. There were 56 shot, 11 fatally, last weekend alone. So is Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot, really doing everything she can or really anything she needs to do here? Or is she just going to blame everybody else? Joining me now is Chicago Alderman Democrat Raymond Lopez. Alderman Lopez, good to see you again. Always a pleasure. How are you? Uh, tell us just what it, what's going on now. I mean, g- give us a view into the politics of the political situation here in Chicago, where it feels increasingly like the mayor is just stalling or deflecting or living in an alternate universe when it comes to the problem of homicides and shootings in your city. What's going on? 
Well, I think it's a bit of all of the above, sadly. You know, I said from the get-go that the mayor seems to be trying to run out the clock on getting to Labor Day so that she could get summer violence behind her. You know, she routinely says that violence is trending downward, although I don't know in what reality, you know, that exists, because clearly you see weekend over weekend over weekend, our numbers are on the rise and escalating. Even year to date, they are worse than they were in 2020, despite all of the madness that was 2020. And yet, she continues to blame everything except her policies for why we are where we are. You know, I think even just yesterday, she blamed now COVID as the root for violence in the city of Chicago, where before it was racism and before that it was something else. The one thing she has never called out is gangs. And that is what's driving the violence in our city. And I don't think she has a plan for it. She's proven she doesn't have a plan for it. Uh, even her Our City, Our Safety, her 103-page manifesto for increasing safety in 15 neighborhoods backfired by a dozen of those neighborhoods becoming more unsafe than they were when she wrote the document. There was an article highlighting the surging numbers. You mentioned uh, the numbers, but in Chicago, in percentages, year by year, it's, uh, it's an enormous increase. 336 homicides in the first six months of the year in Chicago, 1,892 shootings. It's just stunning that that could even be the number uh, through June 28th. Um, is this something that all Chicagoans recognize pretty much as, as a crisis, or is it just some parts of the city and a lot of people ignore the day-to-day reality? I mean, how much is this on the minds of folks who live in America's third largest city? No, I think this is on the mind of everybody in the city of Chicago, to be quite honest, regardless what neighborhood they live in. You know, what used to be someone else's issue is now everyone's issue. And I think to that point, that's the only thing that the mayor has been able to do with regards to equity. She's made all of Chicagoans equally afraid to go out of their homes. You know, we've seen violence escalating and we don't see any effort by the mayor, her superintendent or Kim Fox or any of them or anybody else for that matter, to try and stem the violence in our streets. You know, they rather play politics, they rather point fingers, they rather blame, you know, everything other than themselves for why we're here. And Chicagoans are tired of it. They're afraid, they are voting with their feet, they are moving out, they're afraid to keep their families here. And I hear this on a daily basis when so many people are afraid just to go outside and water their lawns because they might get shot or send their kids to school because they don't know they're gonna come. I just want to ask you about a headline that's, pardon me for, uh, for interrupting, but I want to ask you about some headlines about sh- freeway shootings and a huge surge in freeway shootings in Chicago, including where people, it seems, are just firing off rounds at, at random. What, what is this very uh, troubling phenomenon? Now, we've seen in recent months this escalation where, you know, we used to just think it was because of COVID, people were pent up and frustrated and just you know, taking out their anxieties on road rage. But road rage now is merging with gun violence in the city of Chicago. And I myself get anxious when I have to travel on some of our uh, expressways because they are the expressways where oftentimes travelers, drivers are being struck uh, by bullets just as they're trying to go about their daily routine. And we see this more and more uh, on the streets and, and the expressways in the city of Chicago. You know, we're not making much headway in trying to identify the what's driving it other than road rage. And I think that says a lot because it's not anything in particular other than people being frustrated and using a gun to resolve their frustrations. 
What is the Chicago PD, the Chicago Police Department, brass, uh, the people that are running that department, do they have a, a plan in place? Is there, is there a, a way forward that they would like the mayor's office to actually sign off on? Because, you know, whether it's New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, a number of major cities across the country all feel like there's, there's been more attention on the, on the issue of violent crime and shootings, but not a lot of action. Is there a Chicago action plan to get this under control? Sadly, I don't think there is a, a, a qualified Chicago action plan that's going to work. And I have to take a moment and just pause and say, I give huge amounts of credit to the frontline police officers, those brave men and women working in the streets, trying to keep it together for Chicago in spite of what the brass is telling them. Our brass tells them that they can't chase them in their vehicles. They can't run after them. We cannot even tase them now because a criminal might hurt themselves on whatever weapons they are carrying. It is absolutely insane where we are going in terms of what policies the brass is coming up with that our officers have to utilize when they're trying to apprehend a suspect. But what I think we need to do is we need to focus on consequences. We need to start arresting people, even for the small things. You know, some people would say it's burdensome, but we have to start bringing back the broken windows uh, theory that, you know, Mayor, former Mayor Giuliani had in New York City when he brought crime under control, that you cannot let the small things go because they only escalate into larger issues. And we need to start doing that in Chicago and elsewhere. Alderman, really appreciate you joining us. And uh, we hope this gets turned around and that your city has better days ahead. But thank you for, uh, for sharing your perspective. Likewise, we will. Adam Kinzinger, member of Congress, is Pelosi's newest member of the January 6th Select Committee, joining Liz Cheney. Yeah, that's right, the only two Republicans on the panel. Catalina Lauf will join us next to talk about it. But before that, let's discuss Black Rifle Coffee. If you're anything like me, you have to start your day with a healthy dose of caffeine. That means kicking off your morning with Black Rifle Coffee. Not only is this some of the best coffee I've ever tasted, it's a veteran-owned company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. Black Rifle Coffee is committed to supporting veteran law enforcement and first responder causes. And this summer, Black Rifle invites you to enjoy your coffee, not just the great taste, but also the places you drink it, the passion and adventure it fuels and inspires, and the entertainment Black Rifle serves along the way. Whether you're brewing the perfect cup of pour-over before kicking ass at work or cracking a can of 300 on your next backcountry mission, Black Rifle Coffee is here to fuel your way wherever the summer takes you. Black Rifle imports its high-quality beans from all over the world and roasts them five days a week at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee, and Salt Lake City, Utah. The team at Black Rifle Coffee is always researching and experimenting with new roasting methods and coffee origins. Purchase right now. Go to blackriflecoffee.com buck. Use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Fuel your summer with America's coffee, Black Rifle Coffee. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has made another bold move, securing GOP Congressman and anti-Trump critic Adam Kinzinger after she rejected House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's panel into the January 6th insurrection. Pelosi stated... Today, I'm announcing the appointment of Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger, an Air Force veteran and lieutenant colonel in the Air National Guard, to serve on the select committee. He brings great patriotism to the committee's mission to find the facts and protect our democracy. Kinzinger is joining Liz Cheney as the only Republicans on the new select committee. Is one of the uh, 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump, by the way, the second time around. So... Challenging Kinzinger for a seat in Congress is Catalina Lauf, and she joins us right now to talk about this. Catalina, good to see you. Good to see you too, Buck. So how is it that somebody who is a Republican can feel good, as Adam Kinzinger apparently does based on his public statements, about getting a pat on the head from Nancy Pelosi for being a willing patsy in her distract from the Biden presidency and get Trump January 6th commission scheme. You know, Speaker McCarthy put it perfectly when he called Adam and Liz Pelosi Republicans, because that's exactly what they are. I wouldn't be shocked if Adam and his office were actively lobbying for a role on that committee. He's made it clear where he stands, and that's with the Democrats. It's enabling the Biden administration. It's enabling Nancy Pelosi and her witch hunts, and it's doing the opposite of what an elected member of Congress uh, should be doing, which is representing their constituents, the people who put him in that seat. What has he done for his district? Absolutely nothing. And instead, uh, he's actually parading himself on MSNBC, CNN, being the darling of the left. And it's time that we get him out and we are taking him on uh, full steam ahead. And he makes it pretty easy for us by being a Democrat. Yeah. What do you think he gains from this other than just the ego trip of getting paraded around on MSNBC and the New York Times editorial page as some kind of a hero for Democrats. I mean, why, why not just switch party affiliation? Why, why play the game anymore? You know, I think uh, to your point, it is all about an ego trip. You know, career politicians like Adam Kinzinger, who have been in office for way past their prime. Uh, this guy has been out in D.C. He's done nothing for his district. He lost uh, the essence of what makes representatives good, which is by being a part of their constituency, by understanding their base. And he would prefer to hold his base in contempt, belittle his base, belittle the Republicans who sent him to office. But I, I don't know if I've mentioned before, but this district was won by President Trump by over five points. This is a very Republican seat. Why would somebody uh, in his position go out and, and be a Democrat? And the only the only question to that or the only answer to that question would be for their own personal gain. And that's exactly uh, what he's been doing. He touts when his pair or his family uh, rejected him because of the impeachment vote. He's on MSNBC and CNN all the time. He loves his names in the headlines. And that's unfortunately not servant leadership. That's somebody in it for their own ego boost. 
What do you make of Pelosi's move, which is certainly a break with, with tradition, if not entirely unprecedented, uh, to block two Republicans that are supposed to be on the committee, basically because she, well, just doesn't want them there. I mean, the, the, the rationale was they've said things that she thinks would hurt the standing of the committee or something like that. But generally speaking, Republicans get to offer up their members, Democrats offer up theirs, and that's how a supposedly bipartisan committee works. What do you think about Pelosi stepping in here and deciding to really go bare knuckles? Pelosi, as we all know, knows exactly why she does the thing that she does. And it's because, frankly, she wanted her own lapdogs to try to look like this was bipartisan by having the token Republicans who are the anti-Trump Republicans like Liz and Adam here. And and she wanted her own lapdogs. She wants people that she's going to be able to control the narrative to make this whole commission all political. She didn't want any accountability by the conservative members like uh, Congressman Jim Banks, who would have been a real patriot, a real great watchdog to be in on this Pelosi committee. Uh, and again, she wants her lapdogs and that's what she got uh, in choosing Adam Kinzinger to be on this commission. Catalina, what do you think the purpose of Pelosi's commission is all about? Because we know that there doesn't seem to be any interest in looking into the BLM riots of 2020 and that political violence. That's being excluded from all of this. But even within the scope of what is supposedly the bipartisan investigation into the January 6th riot, which they are calling an insurrection and continue to do so, despite not bringing any insurrection or rebellion charges under U.S. federal law, which they could do if that is in fact what happened, but it was not that, so they can't. Um, but Pelosi doesn't seem interested at all in diving into why was the Capitol, uh, Capitol Police not reinforced that day? Why was the National Guard delayed in getting to them? Why wasn't there greater preparation for it? I mean, how can we expect that this is in any way meant to get us answers when clearly they're excluding fundamental questions from the process? All comes down to politics, Buck. We've seen this for, and you and I both know this, uh, just being in this space, it all comes down to being politically motivated. She does not care. Here in Illinois, for example, we had millions upon millions of damage done because of the, the BLM riots to small businesses. We had people that should have been uh, at least looked into, had a trial that you know never got, they only got slaps on the wrist. What happened to all of that? Uh, and the voters are not, stupid people. The American people see how much of a charade this is, how much of a circus this is. We saw this in both the impeachment uh, uh, circuses that Pelosi initiated before. Now we're seeing it this again. Who is actually working for the American people? Uh, not only the BLM riots, people should be looking into that. What about things like election integrity, the censorship that's happening, the, the millions of small businesses that are being destroyed because of an economy that the Biden administration is choking small businesses, the regulation, the American people are out of work. Unemployment benefits have over expired themselves. You have restaurant restaurants that cannot find people to work for them. You have an economy that's about to be decimated. And here you have Nancy Pelosi so concerned with the January 6th commission, all to taint a movement and the Trump Republicanism that is here to stay, might I add. Uh, so whatever she wants to do, wants to continue wasting taxpayer money, continue on these circuses. Uh, it's just gonna be another impeachment uh, type of scandal and we're gonna see this play out. It's all politics and it's actually
actually better for people like me and other candidates across the country that people are supporting because they have had enough of the charade. They've had yeah. enough of the politics. They want authenticity. They want people to be working for them, not having this theater that Nancy Pelosi has been doing for the last four years, frankly. Catalina, appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dak Prescott had some lighthearted words to say about the NFL's new COVID policy, and football will now have two national anthems. We got all that coming up on Quick Hits. First, let's talk about something important, being prepared for the unknown. It's more critical than ever before. The world we live in today is highly unpredictable. Our government is passing massive spending bills. The Federal Reserve is printing trillions in fiat currency, and inflation is already going up. It's just a question of how high it goes. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. What could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver that you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401k. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Give them a call at 833-600-GOLD. One more time, that's 833-600-G-O-L-D. An NFL quarterback won't fall into the media's COVID trap, and Biden's DOJ drops any civil rights probe of New York Governor Cuomo's nursing home debacle. Those stories in quick hits. Let's get right to them. Uh, Dak Prescott, well-known Cowboys player, quarterback, uh, was being pressed by the media on his COVID status, and here is how he responded. Have you gotten the vaccine? Um, I don't necessarily uh, think that's exactly important, Clarence. Uh, I think that's HIPAA. Um, but I understand where Zeke comes from. Um, I understand everybody's opinion. Um, and I think everybody's, uh, has that right. Um, I, we wouldn't live in this country and we wouldn't be, wouldn't be where in the position that we're in if that wasn't the case. And I know that this team is going to get to the numbers. This team is going to do what we have to do uh, to make sure that we're continually progressing through this thing the right way. Very smooth in his handling of this and bringing up HIPAA is certainly interesting because we did think that we were a country where you were able to have some degree of medical privacy, um, but not in the COVID era, of course. Now it's all supposed to be out in the open. Did you get the shot? Will you get the booster? Which shots did you get? Prove to me you got the shot. Show me you got the shot. This is the country we're increasingly living in, and it raises some very troubling ethical questions. It's also interesting to see how the NFL has been dealing with all of this when the NFL has different wristbands for players based upon their vaccination status. Uh, they're looking at all these different proposals to try to uh, handle the players in a way where the vaccinated will be treated differently from the unvaccinated. Could also result in games, uh, people forfeiting games and not being paid for them. At the college level, in some of the conferences, they're thinking about how they'll have to have uh, teams that could miss games because of COVID testing. It's just all madness. It's all madness. And, and there's so many folks who have already been vaccinated, you'd think that we would be past this, but no, that's not the way they're viewing it. But also back to the NFL and some of the changes and the differences that are out there now from previous practice. There's a New York Post article on how the NFL plans to use the national anthem 
at events, uh, as well as the Black National Anthem at big events. Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is unofficially known as the Black National Anthem, will be played in addition to the Star Spangled Banner before kickoff of the first regular season games, uh, game, rather, Cowboys at Buccaneers September 9th, as well as at marquee events like the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, and the NFL Draft. Two national anthems now at games. Uh, if anyone can't see how this is just going to become more political, more divisive, create greater acrimony in this country, uh, they're either delusional or not paying attention. It's not possible to avoid seeing how this is going to be problematic. And at a time when this country's been through tremendous, the whole world really has been through tremendous anxiety, and there is a hair-trigger temper, uh, temper that it feels like a lot of us are already suffering from as a result of lockdowns and separation from loved ones and all the different mandates and rules. Things like sports that could provide a coming together and also a psychological respite, perhaps even some, some joy and some enthusiasm in people's lives, that they become so politicized in this way is a loss for all of us. And the only way to deal with it, in my opinion, is we got to just decide what we're going to watch and what we're not. And uh, those leagues and those players who decide that they want to be divisive, I would recommend that you not uh, support their product. I would recommend that you find something else to watch. And I certainly do that in my own life. Uh, Governor Cuomo has some thoughts on the situation of the DOJ investigating, or in this case, choosing not to investigate the massive nursing home scandal that he was, of course, at the very heart of. You would think that given how many people were involved here, how many thousands of lives were lost, there would be greater interest from Cuomo in doing something about this. Uh, but of course not, because that would mean accountability for him. And if there's one thing Governor Cuomo really wants to avoid, it's being held to account for his horrific leadership and awful decision-making. But here's how he puts it. And we have to get in those communities, and we have to knock on those doors, and we have to convince people and put them in a car and drive them and get that vaccine in their arm. That is the mission. Well, that was a different, different clip that I meant to call for. That's on me. But um, go door to door and put vaccines in people's arms. This is, they're not going to stop. They're not going to, but everything else I said about the DOJ thing is true, just so you know. But uh, it's a different, oh, we actually have, uh, uh, here you go, New York Post article. Biden DOJ dropped civil rights probe of Governor Cuomo over nursing homes and COVID. The DOJ's Office of Legislative Affairs told Steve Scalise, New York was off the hook uh, with potential violations of the Civil Rights of Institutionalized Persons Act. Governor Cuomo in New York intentionally tried to cover up the true death toll resulting from uh, his mandate. Grieving families deserve answers and accountability. It's unconscionable Biden's Department of Justice refuses to investigate the deadly actions that went against CDC's medical guidance taken in these states. So, yes, what I told you about the DOJ is all true, but also... Cuomo wants to go door to door, banging on your door, telling you, you better get the vaccine or else. That's what he's going to tell you. I mean, he won't be saying it to you, I guess, but it'll be something like that. All right, before we go, I want to make sure you've heard about my friends at My Digital Money. Everybody wants to invest in cryptocurrency, but it's not easy to get started and avoid making mistakes. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy to use self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone calls and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 
a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time in a long time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.